You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Howdy, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Earth Station One, and this time, it's a science episode! Science! That's right, folks. Good news, everyone! It's time to talk all about science. Science! Every, every time I say that word, you're going to repeat that, aren't you? How, how many times have we done this? I, how, many, I, how many years have we been doing this? I, I, I know. I still get a headache about how many, t- how many years we've been doing this, so it's okay. And it's it's a great time to talk about it because there is so much going on right now that technology is changing so quickly. Nature is changing around us. And it's it's amazing how much it you have to keep up with. And it's only gonna get faster and faster, folks. And that's why I love doing these episodes because we get a put our science geek stuff head on and it's awesome with that and we're joined by chip johnson welcome back sir thanks for having me and you know it's great to have you and we'll have our other scientists in waiting as we like to call them you know we'll have dr scott we'll have mike faulkner back and have you know all be wearing white lab jackets next time you see us and everything but it's going to be a fun time to talk about it thanks for joining us tonight sir thanks again and of course, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. And ready to do a little scientific talk? Science. No, that was scientific. That's fine. But anyway. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, well, at the going rate, it might be uh, the next time we join you, we might all be replaced by AIs. Um, and uh, because that seems to be a pretty big topic right now. Heck, it's even the number one movie of the summer uh, so far, at least this weekend anyway. Um, and uh, I think a lot of us have been talking, I mean, on this show, we've been talking about AIs as well, but it really seems like things are 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 approaching rapidly uh, a, a point where I thought we were still years behind. But I mean, I guess that goes to show you how fast things can happen. But, um, you know, we've got, of course, um, originally, I think uh, this year, earlier this year, a lot of artists were upset about um, AI programs um, taking existing art and reconfiguring it into original quote unquote pieces of art digitally. Um, we've seen uh, is it Jet Chat GPT right? That is a program that uh, a lot of people are concerned with as far as what it can do AI wise. Um, the uh, so much so that it's one of the factors, not the only factor. One of the main factors that the uh, Screenwriters Guild uh, is uh, on strike currently. And as of this recording right now, the actors have joined them as far as their concern about the use of AI in in entertainment. 
Um, also, uh, that's not some, the only reason they're striking. Too. No, as I said, it's not the only reason, but it is a big reason. Um, and it is uh, something that is concerned about because it is being used more and more um, in in movies and entertainment, as we've seen. And uh, somewhat recently, the uh, some advanced humanoid robots were invited to the UN to chat a little bit, and they basically said that they could. Um, uh, lead the world a, a much better way than humans could. So um, that's not at all concerning, is it? Uh, <laughs> uh, Chip, what, I mean, what, we're what, not what, saying they're wrong. I'm just no, we are not saying that they're wrong. But I think um, a lot of us were pretty much thinking, oh, we're at least a few decades away from this kind of talk, right? Um, but here is like ripped from the headlines, like yesterday. So. Um, uh, how concerned do we need to be about AI right now? Do you think, Chip? I mean, I'm going to be honest. I I know there's a lot of artists that like I follow that like, for example, DeviantArt as the website um, lost a ton when they started allowing AI art because it's really coming into. The big issue right now is is more copyright and copyright protection with AI than it is like independent creation. So it's like, from what I understand, that's what a lot of the artists are upset about. That's what a lot of, um, you know, the writers and even the actors. And I've actually saw something just before I got on here about an author was getting into a similar thing being written into their contract about feeding their work into sort of a chat GPT kind of situation to sort of generate something that sounds like them without actually involving the artist. So there is, it it seems like it's more of a copyright issue. I don't know if we're necessarily to the, you know, Terminator salvation, everybody start disconnecting and rebuilding your bomb shelters from the eighties. I don't know if we're quite there yet. And also I think that that's, it's a whole sci-fi argument, but I've actually seen some works that I really like that, it doesn't necessarily have to go that way that there is, you know, it's not inherently that, Oh, the robots are going to come marching in with guns. I think that's going to be wrong. It's a possibility eventually, but I don't think it's necessarily an inevitability. No. And I'm, there are pluses about using AI and various products and such. Yeah. I, you know, I do a lot of graphic design on with my day job and also in my freelance work that I do on the side of doing my work and the new versions of Photoshop and Illustrator are using artificial intelligence are going to be using artificial intelligence to make the process of designing a little bit easier, like creating reflections for stuff or color selections or items like that. And it's there are good things about it and AI is not anything new folks ai has been around for years and you know that's why you have facial recognition that's artificial intelligence right there when judy and i traveled back um to europe last year and we came back into the country um we didn't even have to show our passports um they just scanned our face and looked at our airplane ticket and boom they just it was right there because it was all facial, all facial recognition. It was stuff, you know, we had talked on our previous episode of Earth Station One about, you know, how the plot for the new Mission Impossible movie was something like person of interest. And that was years ago. 
And that's what we we're going on almost, what, seven, eight years ago. And facial recognition, they actually had to stop it in Facebook because too many people were complaining about it. But the government has been using facial recognition for almost 20 years already. And most people's phones use it. I mean, that's how yeah. you have access. You don't need a password to get in your phone anymore. You just, your phone looks at your face and says, yeah. oh, I know it's you. And it's, and we've been, everyone hasn't been complaining about using Alexa or using Siri. Well, some people have, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I will say that, I mean, my major concern with all of this right now is very particular to my job. Well, cause you're a teacher coming yeah. up with new ways, which is the, it's kind of like all cheating systems. You're going to have a bunch of them that are going to do it really cheaply and really, it's going to be that kind of like, yeah, you, this doesn't sound like you at all. You're using words that I have never heard you use once in a sentence. And yeah, I'm prettier than you. And then you're going to have the kids who are going to figure out the way to like really kind of play with a system and they're going to invest so much energy where they can like, so you're going to have to, you watch within like five years, you're going to have like, human provers algorithms built backwards to sort of say this was generated by an AI both for you know teaching and also for like contracts and other stuff. Oh, no. sort of... There was a there was a study done um last summer that you know college students across the country over fifty percent of them said they use AI to help them write papers now. And and I don't mind you using it to help you write the paper. I just know that there are a lot of kids that, because I've, you know, we've already seen examples in schools where it's like somebody typed paper on 1812 history at the chat GPT, and you only caught it because it read some fictional book set in 1812, <laughs> got fed into the algorithm, and it was like, oh, and then Alexander Hamilton came forward in time and was in the story. And it's like, <laughs> what? Say, want to run that one by me again? And Zorro was uh, no, just kidding. Yeah, uh, you get that because yeah, they're not yeah. perfect. All right. Um, well, and that's the thing too. I think there's a, a misconception too. AI does not mean sentience, right? Like it just means that uh, these things are programmed to. I mean, I've been watching a lot of ads for IBM uh, selling their wares to corporations for being able to use AI generators to predict uh patterns of uh shopping or or uh shoppers or uh, customers or budgets or anything like that so that they can manage their businesses better um where it comes into the with the with the artistic community and the film industry is interesting because yeah we've already seen that there are digitally scanned actors out there um heck if you've seen any any movie in the last 5 years you've seen uh, digitally scanned actors used mostly for de-aging, but so for other purposes as well. Um, I don't think it, it, as far as the, uh, my understanding with the writers and the, the actors in particular, they're not saying that they don't, they're against this completely. What they're saying is that this needs to be regulated and the talent involved still needs to be, um, uh, reimbursed for their, for the use of their, their images. Um, also right now, I, I saw a, uh, wonderful article by, um, actress, writer, director, Justine Bateman, who this was done in May and she laid it out by saying like, look, um, the scanning's already in practice. Talent agencies are recruiting their clients to be scanned. Uh, what this means for the actors, they get 70 cents, 75 cents on the dollar. Their digital image can be triple and quadruple booked. That means you're not getting the actor. You're just getting a copy of them. 
Uh, the next step will be films customized for a viewer based on their viewing history, which has been collected for many years. Actors will have the option to have their image bought out and be used in anything at all. Viewers can order up their films. For example, I want a film about a panda and a unicorn who saved the world in a rocket ship and then put Bill Murray in it. And I'm sure Bill Murray would be one of the first to say, yeah, I'm in on that. Yeah, he's um, on from from there, I believe viewers will be given the ability to digitally scan themselves in, pay an extra little dollars to have themselves inserted into custom films. You'll start to see licensing deals made with studios so that you can order up films like Star Wars, put their face on Luke Skywalker's body, their ex-wife's face on Darth Vader's body, et cetera, et cetera. And you can also expect to see the training of AI programs as an older hit TV series in order to create new seasons. Family Ties, for example, she uses as, I don't know where she got that from, but um, for as an example, can be has 167 episodes comprising of seven seasons. An AI program could easily be trained to create an eighth season with uh, with everybody involved. And yeah, I mean, if we're talking about DigiScan actors, we're also uh, talking about not a need for makeup people, not a need for costume design, not a need for like a lot of other people that are in the crew. The industry is very concerned about this getting out of hand and they don't trust the studios, the powers that be to like say, no, no, we got you covered. We got your backs because they've never had their backs in the past. So um, but yeah, that's a that's a potential future that we're looking at as far as having all these things available, thanks to the use of these AI scanning programs. Oh, very much so. And it's interesting. I was reading another article um, just earlier today about an actor who had his likeness scanned in for video game, one video game, and they ended up using his likeness in backgrounds on over 30 different video games mm -hmm. and such. And, you know, and he didn't even know about it until someone said, Hey, so-and-so shot you in the head the other day on, you know, <laughs> and so it's, it's pretty scary what you there, they can do with it, but people have been doing this stuff with Photoshop and, you know, other photo editors for 30 years, dude. And, you know, ever since you had any options of photo manipulation, Hell, the National Enquirer has been doing crap like this. You just have now it, it being automatically done by computer and in, in within seconds instead of having to, you know, cut out the images and stuff. And, you know, it's it's interesting that, you know, they're doing that. But, you know, even Apple has come out and said, you know, they're going to be training the phone that they can have your voice, a full voice on their phone, on your phone. If you talk into it for 15 minutes, the intelligence can, you can have a full conversation with yourself and you will sound like yourself, your mannerism, everything. And, um, it's just, that's what voice actors are afraid of because, you know, they can do cartoons or commercials and not have to pay the actors, even though it's their voice up there. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a program that, uh, you know, that is out there right now that we could use that would actually just make it sound like all three of us. That would we wouldn't be even need, we wouldn't even be necessary. Ooh, awesome. <laughs> Let's use it. Might it might sound smarter than us. Uh, so maybe that would <laughs> uh, be an indication that it would be false. <laughs> Wouldn't, wouldn't that be like the the kind of the the real joke of the whole thing? Is you did that you did that as a joke? You put like an episode out next week that is just like one of those AI things. And it gets like <laughs> the highest ratings ever. Wow, well, you guys have never been this funny. 
it, it definitely would. It definitely would. Um, but I, I guarantee you, it wouldn't be you looking at our past episodes to get to generate material. I tell you that. Uh, um, uh, but uh, so, yeah, it's not the and yeah, like Mike said, it is, the, the technology is always going to be there to do these things. And it's not that's not what uh, the writers and, and actors and everybody else is concerned about. It's just being uh, properly credited, properly compensated for these things, as well as many other things that are on, on their minds as well. So, um, so that's the concern there. And they're also worried uh, about it being very, abused very... pretty much, you know, that's well, absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the, the very, yeah, that's the very definition of abuse. Um, and it's, it's, and they don't want to make sure that that's, that is that, you know, that the people who are the true talents, people who are, are that people are paying to see, even if it's just their like likenesses, are the ones who are, are getting credit for that and getting compensated. So, um, so those are things that are, are sort of, uh, AI wise that are, are, are around out there. Um, uh, the fact that a bunch of them went to the UN and said, like, we can, uh, run things better is, is slightly entertaining, but it's also like unnerving. <laughs> I think too, like, like, Hey, uh, okay. Well, good luck. You know, um, uh, I, you know, based on elections that we've had here, I would not put it past to uh, an AI to be elected in some position here. So no, but well, you're going to get it more and more in, you know, artificial intelligence, helping building cars, helping designing new cars, safety vehicles. And as the intelligence grows, it's, you know, and the programming goes that it's going to start, you know, you're going to see less people on the assembly line because the artificial, you know, intelligence is going to be running the computers and the robots and such. So, well, well there, there are robots here. I mean, I, I, I did see something that was uh, kind of amusing that said something like, I did not imagine a future where, uh, you know, low wage uh, people, um, uh People were uh, people were making low wages to do menial work, and artists uh, were did all art was being done by AIs. Like that's that's the opposite of the future. I think we kind of hoped for. Okay, <laughs> I mean, and that's that's what unfortunately that's looked like the present that we're getting in the near future that we have. No, I've seen some beautiful AI created artwork, and sure. It's original stuff and it's not and that's that's wonderful considering that uh you know most of the people who are making low wages uh that's job could, those jobs could be done by computers and they're not spending the money to do that mm, you'd be surprised it was real it's going to make in some ways i'm in favor of a lot of it so it's not all evil and everything he welcomes but... our computer overlords i will no. i will say mike um have you been to self-checkout at a store lately Oh, exactly. It's AI. Is, yeah, it's all yeah. AI. I know exactly. Rid of cashiers. That's that's exactly right. Because you go to you go to a Walmart or a Target, and they have twenty cash registers, but all of them are closed because people are they're sending people through the self checkout because it's easier and it's cheaper for the companies. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to be what's cheap for the company. What's cheaper for the company is great, right? Like that's the, the that's what that's what and should be all about, right? Like eventually, people... AI is going to be driving your car, so you know it is going to happen. It's not going to want my car. My car, I barely want to drive my well, car. It'll help kick it. the cats out of it, so it'll be. <laughs> well, that could help. That could help. All so, right. So enough talk about uh, our computer overlords. Uh, what else we got on the science front, Chip? 
Um, I did say there's a couple that I was interested in. Um, there's one. Now, I'll go ahead and say that this is one of those, like, it sounds really cool, but we are, like, first steps on a very long road. Um, but the first, like, baby, baby, baby steps towards actual nuclear fusion happening on Earth uh, happened uh, back in December. Um way quick breakdown of fission versus of nuclear radiation nuclear energy and all that i'm i'm trust me i realize this is a massively short and truncated version there's two main ways we make nuclear energy there's nuclear fission which involves splitting atoms nuclear fusion which involves combining atoms the reason we do fission exclusively on earth is because fusion so far as we've known takes a huge amount of heat and a huge amount of like gravity and raw material it basically, as I always describe it to students, it would cook anything we could contain it in and basically dig a hole to the core of the earth in about three seconds, it would generate so much heat. The thing is, if you compare by orders of magnitude, fusion is way more energy for what you put in versus fission. So we've been trying to make fusion for forever. So the idea of it is essentially the closest we could get to something close to a clean energy source. So this is the the fact that we've got, now we're talking like, you know, they managed to make a little atom do a dance kind of thing. It's not a huge, like, you know, they haven't made a new a fusion reactor. But, you know, if in 50 years or 70 years, this could be, you know, clean energy or as close as we could possibly get, which is kind of awesome. And if you're like me and you grew up in the 80s and 90s where every spy movie villain was going after the secret for cold fusion, there's a certain part of my nostalgic heart that just goes, hey. mm-hmm. <laughs> going back to that, like all the spy movies of the 80s. Oh, we have cold fusion. I'm like, hey, we might actually have it. We might. It's You're not going to see it on the shelf for no. quite a few years. Probably, hopefully in our lifetime. But, you know, you never know. And te- the way technology is changing nowadays, it might pop up sooner than later. So it's going to be very interesting. I think it's a, I think, I think it's a fair point that like things are always happening sooner than later, right? And well, except for like there are certain things that you're like, come on, this hasn't happened already. Mm-hmm. Like I think, uh, I think Mike, you were talking, I wanted to talk about too. The the uh, finally some some folks are are you know out there going re- revisiting the moon, and it's been oh, ages no. since anybody's visited the moon. It's pretty amazing. Um, just this last week, India actually launched a rocket to the moon and it's going to have a lander on it. Doesn't have people in it yet, but it's going to have a lander and it's going to the we south. I forgot to send the people. <laughs> I can make so many jokes about that right now, but no. They, we sent the lander, but we forgot to send the people. But it's good. it's kind of interesting though because it's only the fourth country on this from Earth to actually land on the moon. Isn't that crazy? If, if they've this is their second attempt at trying it though, you they think everybody would have been there by now. Okay, name. Well, I mean, it's been fifty years, right? Like you'd think, like anybody could have gone, you know. But I guess there's not much to it's, see up there, so nobody really wants to go. Well, there's tons to see actually up there, but and. That's why we're going to try have people land on the moon in, within the next two years. We're going to have humans on the moon again. But India is going to be only to be the fourth nation behind the United States, Russia, and China. And it's 
it's awesome to see more countries doing that because the moon will have an international feel. It won't be just the United States, you know, claiming the moon for itself or Russia claiming it for itself. It's going to be all these nations. And it's, it's just our first step to the galaxy, you know, to the universe. And it's where humanity is eventually going to go. And I think just seeing other countries participate in it, you know, Israel has sent probes to map the moon. Other countries have, you know, Korea has, and it's interesting, but this is big. And this is, like I said earlier, it's the second time they've attempted it. The first time it, it crashed onto the moon. So it didn't, and it, cause it's not easy to do folks. And, no. and so it'll be very interesting to see. And we have, you know, SpaceX and also NASA, you know, working hard to, you know, plan the next mission to the moon. And I think they're going to have within the, by the end of the year, I said, they, they think they're going to have the next Artem, Artemis mission up to go up and everything. So, and then Artemis two is going to orbit the moon and then three is actually going to have astronauts landing on the moon. So and that should be by the end of 2024, early 2025. So that's, not that far away and everything. So it's pretty cool. So oh, absolutely. I'm, and I'm glad it, to see that, uh, you know, it's something that's a priority for, for folks again. It is. And, you know, it's something that we shouldn't have given up. We should have kept on going in the seventies, but other things, you know, people lost interest in it after the glamour of it, but there's so much money to be made. There's so much interest in it and so much private industry that's also gearing up for going into space and there's even i just read a story about a company that is looking to actually you know go to the asteroid belt and actually bring one of the asteroids and put it into orbit around earth so we could start mining it and it, you know so it's and you know they're going to test it and everything there's so many minerals that you know in the asteroid belt that we can use for resources instead of, you know, what we're going into the earth to do and everything, which is pretty cool. And it's just going to be, it's just a matter of time till they start mining and everything. So it's going to be cool. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, any, any uh, other thoughts, uh, Chip on the, uh, the, the space race part, whatever it is now, 14. 57. I mean, I, I'm interested in kind of with what Mike was saying about the, you know, the asteroid mining is, you know, there's sort of a, again, my brain goes to all the sci-fi from the sixties and seventies that would have your plucky hero was from those mining, but that's total, you know, side content, but that is a realistic, there is a realistic ideology idea of what he's saying, but, you know, I really think that is a, a way to sort of a, get some material and B there is material that, we have on earth in very limited quantities because we got it from when we got hit you know right. billions of years ago we would get hit and there's minerals that we don't have a lot of because there wasn't a lot of them on the asteroids so if we can go pluck them out of the asteroid belt hey we suddenly got way more mm -hmm. and that may be exactly. some helpful there too and it's interesting too because you know they've been discovering also some of saturn's moons and also jupiter's moons have water on it and there's possibilities under the ice layers of life 
and you know resources there that we could possibly use if there's no life but it has water that we can use as propellant for rockets and such these can you know just propel you know they could be used as bases and such and as we go further and further out it's pretty awesome stuff mm-hmm. with it. absolutely so absolutely. it's 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 awesome and you know one of the other things um that they're keeping their eye on is beetlegeist uh, or beetlejuice as some people call it um don't say it fast don't say it three times fast we might actually see within our lifetime a supernova in the daytime sky which is pretty awesome and everything because it's it's almost like any day now or in that because it's like light years away it's possibly happened already so which is pretty it's pretty awesome to see and everything so there's just so much out there and you know we also have uh the uh, wonderful space telescope that just celebrated its first anniversary literally today and everything and the imaging they've gotten just within the last year you know it made hubble look like nothing and everything Mm -hmm. that's how powerful this new space telescope is and everything it's just it's just awesome very cool stuff Uh, Mm -hmm. chip what's something else that's uh, exciting that's happening right now for you um continuing um I know the other one that I was really interested in is if uh, the first FDA-approved Alzheimer's medication, this just got approved back in July, and I think they said the second one got approved like yesterday. And it, it again, it's not a cure. To be clear, I'm not claiming that they've cured Alzheimer's, but the first like treatment for something like Alzheimer's has been cleared by the FDA. That is a really big step towards starting to treat this disease, which is a, you know, it is one of those great, you know, leftover, or I guess one of the diseases that we, we don't have the best help for. And it is, I'm just kind of, again, things happening faster. I'm, I'm really glad that we're starting to get some medication for that or some, some ways to treat that. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. that is Very definitely much. something that is a ongoing battle and there, you keep hearing, I mean, I've heard things here and there, um, a lot of uh, things coming out of more like uh, like Australia. Is that right? As far That's as treatments, possible potential treatments. I'm not sure. I just know about the um, the FDA approved Liquembi. I just that was one I found out about. So if gotcha. there is treatment in Australia, I could be wrong. Hmm? No, I, I I heard that there were some things coming out of there, but I mean, every, a lot of things are. I don't think people realize how difficult it is to get things approved, <laughs> but oh, it, like, it can years. exist for, I was going to say it can exist for a long time before it finally gets approved. And, and then, and then it's a whole other thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing we're constantly making strives for new medication to, you know, help battle different medica- you know, illnesses and such. And, you know, cancer treatments or, you know, weight loss or, you know, stuff like, you know, you also have, of course, you know, they're still fighting against COVID and, you know, they're saying now that, you know, they're going to have a dual, uh, possibly a dual um, shot in the fall for, for both the flu and for COVID for the vaccines. Mm. That way you don't have to get shot up twice because, you know, the boosters only last so long. 
And even now, people are still getting it. It's just not as severe because we're getting, you know, vaccinated or also other people are getting, it's almost like finally people are starting to become immune to it too, but there's new variants still popping up too that are more severe. So it's kind of very similar to what the flu has going on. Yeah. The, uh, but yeah, no, I was really um, excited to see the thing about Alzheimer's too, especially since I don't think people realize, but I mean, a lot of people can get it as early as 30 years old. Oh, I know. So, I mean, and that's, I mean, I, I think a lot of people consider it still a, like an old person's disease, but I mean, it can start really, really early. Um, and, uh, and there's all different types of it too, that uh, I think a lot of people are, uh, it seems like I know so many people that are affected by that personally, you know, I think I know more people accept, um, affected by that disease and cancer, which I know statistically is not true, but um, for me personally, it's like, my goodness, you know? Nope, totally makes sense. But it's interesting too, because, you know, with the different advances that we're getting and everything, it's just, you know, you're also having, you know, with medical, but you're also getting, you know, you also have people now suffering because of the weather. And the environment around us too, which is pretty crappy, you know, and a lot of, you know, things are happening a lot faster than people were, scientists were saying even 10 years ago, you have issues with the weather, um, more severe storms, more ex extreme heat, what they had the hottest day on record, um, just this last week. Yeah. And over 130 degrees. And that's just, that's mind-blowing, you know, to think about. And, yeah, and I think I just read something, too, that said that uh, Death Valley could reach the hottest temperature to ever be measured on the planet. Yep. I mean, that's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, ever. Like, yeah, it's just, hotter yeah. than it's ever been anywhere on this planet. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, you can you can walk around and get second degree burns. Like that's just insane to me. No, it's it's gotten so hot that a woman they they had it on video and it's legit because it was not like you know like a TikTok or something. Oh this yeah, the was able bread? to bake a bed a bread in her mailbox in yeah. forty five minutes, and it's just like holy crap. But then you have extreme flooding and extreme storms happening on the east coast up in new england and the mid the mid-atlantic and such it's just it's just crazy and then you have all the the fires you know which are becoming more and more commonplace and the smoke from these fires affecting places hundreds and hundreds of miles away and it's just you know becoming more and more extreme it's just it's just amazing or then you also have the heat in the ocean the water out off of the coast of Florida is in the nineties. You've never, you don't have that. That's not normal and everything. And it's going to start killing the hot water. It's going to start, you know, killing the coral and the reefs and, you know, the ecosystems and such. It's just going to continue to be very interesting to see what happens. It's yeah. just, and, and as you mentioned too, it's also, uh, creating uh the heat dangers creating a lot of like fires 
Uh, we talked about a little bit the fires up in Canada that are affecting us mm-hmm. still and are probably going to continue to affect us for a few months, right? At least. And, and fire season started up already in California and Colorado and Washington State. And, you know, you're going to have it over the, out there. And it's just like it's it's becoming normal for a lot of places and such. But, you know, it's just not here in the United States. Europe, you know, Italy has had one of their hottest days on record. And a lot of places, you know, and it's just all over the world. It's just not here where it's happening. And it's, but at the same time, you know, they showed a video of people still, you know, in Colorado, I think it was that they were still, or actually Northern California, they're still able to ski because there's still, there was so much snow packed. There's still 30 inches of snow on the top of the mountains at ski resorts in July. I, that's good. I'm, I'm I'm glad for them. Well, it's 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 just how crazy things are and everything. So yeah, it, I mean, at this point with climate change, I mean, it's a thing. We're still seeing uh, the effects of it. It seems like it's worsening. Um, is there? I mean, is this something that it's a? Uh, obviously, it's still a concern. But is this is is there any way back from this? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that is, is that it is just going officially it... above my pay grade in terms of <laughs> I I know that I mean just from what I've been able to read, there are arguments that say we've passed the point of no return, and there are arguments that say we haven't. And it is unfortunately, again, that's that's the guys who are way above my pay grade figuring that out, and I, you know, I wish well, I could, I, and I also I am also assume that there's a bunch of people that are like, no, there's no problem, right? Of course. Oh, it's there's, just... there's still there's there's still there deniers out there, right? Of course. No comment. <laughs> no comment at all. But it's it's interesting with that kind of stuff, and you know, it's part of the reason why Judy and I are going to Alaska next year because we want to see it before it all melts. You know, <laughs> we want to see the glaciers. We want to. Be able to say, hey, we walked out off of one, not go, oh, grandpa, stop that little story and everything. So it's, but it's the truth. And, you know, or as we like to say, eventually Atlanta will be beachfront property. So, you know, we just have to wait and see what happens. Or it'll be like the Futurama episode and it'll be the, you know, the sunken city city of Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, switching off, uh, switching from environmental issues uh let's talk about um some consumer products that we're pretty excited about including uh uh mike you mentioned that uh that uh toyota has a new battery that can uh yeah pretty long right oh yeah can it take you to alaska eventually yes (laughs) that's you know that's one of the complaints that people have been having about electric cars or electric vehicles is the limited amount of battery. And it's not quick also to charge it and everything. And so one of the things with, you know, electric vehicles is, you know, they're trying to increase the range. And they've, Toyota has actually come out and announced that for their 2027 models, um, they are going to be introducing a, a new battery the average right now is anywhere from 250 to 350 
mile range on a battery. They're going to be in, they are announcing that there's a new type of battery. It's not a lithium battery anymore. It's more going to be like the batteries you have in your watches and such, you know, and it is going to, the, the battery has a 650 mile radius between charges. And that's pretty amazing. You know, that's double what gasoline, a gasoline engine is. And so, you know, because most gasoline engines, you're lucky, you know, I think with my Subaru, we were able to sometimes get like 450 miles per tank. But, you know, that was on highway. But, you know, 650 miles between charges is pretty cool. There are also, there's another company that's working, I think it's through Hyundai, that's working on right now a thousand miles between charges. And it's going to be game changers and everything. And as these come out, it's also the prices of electric cars are going to start dropping. And that's that's the one holdup right now, you know, is, you know, a Tesla is what, at least 40,000 for the cheap ones. And, you know, not every consumer can afford that for a new car. And so it's, you know, going to be very interesting to see, you know, what happens when, you know, they become more mainstream and more and more companies are going towards electric. They even have electric Harleys for motorcycles. And, you know, you're going to be, you know, seeing more and more electric vehicles coming out and you're on top of electric though, there's also hydrogen with the hydrogen cells in the vehicles. And, but those are still also in the, not as popular because electric is more mainstream with that right now. So it's pretty cool. And you're able to see more and more charging stations popping up in shopping centers and gas stations and, you know, libraries and civic centers and such to be able to charge your car while you go shopping or something. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely, um, I'm pretty sure that, you know, my next vehicle, probably my last one will be a, uh, some sort of, at least a hybrid, if not completely electric. Well, I, Judy and I, you know, when we purchased a car this last year, but we were hoping to get an electric vehicle, but there, we do a ton of road trips. We go out and drive everywhere and going to concerts, going just to go into the mountains and everything. And we started thinking about it. There's not enough charging stations in rural areas yet for it to be, for us to, for it to be practical for us. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of it. And probably in the next five years, though, it's going to be different. You're going to see charging stations right alongside gas stations and such. Even places like Bucky's or something already is starting to put in charging stations. And so it's their their future, you know, thinking. Well, there's that or they may, you know, I know that there's kind of a similarity has been thought of with sort of dual batteries where you kind of, when you go to like the, you know, the Bucky's that has a charging station, you charge up the primary and then you have a backup. So if you're halfway up the mountain, you know, you can get like a secondary battery that kicks on and that's the one that takes the load so that you can get back off. Mm-hmm. We That'd actually, be an idea too. we um, actually rented our first electric vehicle um, last weekend when we were up in Maryland and it was like driving an iPad. It was, it didn't have any, it, you, literally push a button and you go and it just because it doesn't make an engine noise you literally you 
lay your key card onto the, onto the, you know, the center console, you go and everything. It's just, it's just on and you take the key card with you, put the car in park, leave the car. It locks itself, shuts itself off. And it's, you know, it's pretty awesome. And everything it's it. And, you know, as I told Judy, it's like driving an iPad. So it's pretty fun. <laughs> so if we decide to get used to like little things, it was the weird. The one thing that was weird is like in a Tesla, everything's in the center. I think mini coupes used to be that way also, but everything, all the, the dials and everything is on a big screen. It's like a 14 inch screen in the center of the, of the dashboard. You don't have like a speedometer or anything right in front of you. And it, that just took a little while to get used to. But it was fairly easy. The pickup was great in this car. It was, you know, we were doing highway and everything and we had no problem. We had no problem driving miles per hour. So it was great. <laughs> so I would imagine that it's, yeah, I mean, it's one thing because it's not just, especially if it's just all electric, it's not just running the car, which is one thing, but then it's got to run. You know, it's, it's, it's got the USB ports and it's got to run, uh, you know, your, if, if you're going to use it as a dock for your, you know, your phone or your iPad or something like that. And certainly if you're running, you know, you're running your AI that's going to drive it. I mean, there's like all sorts of things that I'm sure are going to tap into that. Right. Oh yeah. Very much so. And everything. And, you know, I, like you were saying, the AI that's going to drive it, the AI for to drive it is not there yet, but it will be. It's just a matter of time and it's going to be very interesting. And I'm, I was like thinking about it that, you know, I'm looking forward to when there's going to be self-driving cars, not that I want to give up driving or anything like that, but I'm thinking about people like my wife, Judy, who doesn't drive because she has an illness that prevents her from driving. And how much, how freeing and liberating would that be to someone with a handicap or somebody with a disability that, you know, can't drive, how much freedom they can go get in the car program in, I want to go to the grocery store, I want to go to the mall, I want to go to Baskin Robbins, whatever, you know, and go by themselves and not have to be dependent on somebody else to take them. It's going to be a long time. I mean, it sounds great and I get it, but it's like, man, I, me personally, any, I don't even like to drive that much, but I, I can't imagine me getting to a point where I'm completely comfortable with that. I th think you're going to find that it, see, it makes me think of, um, oh, what was the one? It was a Tom Cruise movie, but they make a great point about how what eventually kind of happened in that universe was that self-driving became kind of such the norm yourself so like the idea was that that became the luxury was to have you controlling the car because they had become so so automated it was my minority report that's what it was yeah minority and, report and it's like but... i could see i could actually see that happening where it becomes so easy that like you have to pay a premium to be able to drive yourself not just for insurance reasons like the insurance loving self-driving cars that are not going to hit anything and giving somebody else you know you know if you're going to drive yourself you have to pay a premium on your insurance kind of situation too oh sure yeah i could see that too 
Mm-hmm. Although I don't, you know, they're still going to, I mean, is it automatic? Like, are you going to have an AI argue for you when you get into a wreck then? Like, I mean, because the, the, the insurance is still not going to want to pay for it. Well, it'll run like a, you know, I can see if, if they do AI, then, you know, it'll kind of, I think it, it would kind of run like the AI, like the uh, Teslas and like the self-driving cars they have now where they have, you know, basically 360 field of vision. So there wouldn't be be an argument about well who caused the accident he cut into my lane well i cut into his lane we got to look at the cameras it's like it all be recorded on the hard drives in the car yeah Uh, yeah. it would basically be as soon as the accident happens both you know here's everybody's here's the feed here's what everybody was doing you know so it'd be an interesting idea well yeah i mean it sounds great but i mean I've never known an insurance company give up fighting (laughs) and not wanting to pay anything. So I don't think that's ever going to change. Once again, uh, thank you for joining us in this uh, review of uh, an update of science for this year. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and close out the show. Welcome to Geek Girls Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this Geek Girl is talking about the one-player board game Final Girl by Van Ryder Games. Finding a group to play board games is always my problem. I have so many fun games that generally need around four players or more, and I've had to seek out games that are for two players and one player since I do like to play board games a lot. Final Girl fills that void of wanting to play a board game as one person and only having one person to play the game. It also fills my extreme love of the horror genre. In the game Final Girl, you start out with a base game, and then you buy scenarios to play with that base game. Each scenario comes with a horror-themed villain, or and they're all loosely based on movies or video games and a location that fits that villain. It also comes with two final girls and all the cards you need for that game to play. You can also mix and match the villains, locations, and final girls so you have a lot of replay later on once you've done your initial game with each set. I have really enjoyed this game so far since there are so many ways the game can go and you have so much customization with it. The art design is wonderful, and I cannot wait to see what other scenarios and villains we get later on. They've done two seasons, which are about four or five expansions per season so far, so there's a lot of different ones to check out and play. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Hi, I'm Joe Heath. I'm Tony Heath. And we host the Watchathon or Rassalon. A podcast where we're watching through all of classic Doctor Who. Nope, we've already done that. We did? Well, then now what do we do? What do we two do? We review New Who. Ooh, we two review New Who? We do, just for you. Who? Not you, them, the listeners of the podcast. Ah. The Watchathon of Rassilon. Now we review New Who too. Woohoo! That's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight. Chip, thank you so, so much for joining. If only your internet connection 
was so willing to join us too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, there's somebody probably, you know, crossed a wire or something like that. If oh, yeah. there's a better technology out there, you know, ghost in the machine. Yeah, exactly. 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 Anything <laughs> you want to shout out about, sir? Not um, anything personal. I mean, I'm just, we're, we're plugging along right now. Um, so I don't really, unfortunately, I don't have anything kind of good to shout out about. I mean, at least nothing for this. Are you guys could be at Dragon Con this year? Um, unfortunately, no. Uh, long story short, just not in the cards this year. And unfortunately, I mean, I I was really looking forward to this list, though it now looks like a lot of them, going back to the strike from earlier, it looks like a lot of these guys may not, you know, we're going to see what happens in the next few months. They may show up, but they may not. Now we are a cat video. Thank yes. you. This is the one that would say, I love, I just met you and I love you. Um, but, <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, it looks like with a strike that, you know, I think there's some debate as to whether these guys can go, can do like panels. Like they could, you know, you're going to get a lot of these guys can probably do like still autographs, but I'm going to be curious to see, especially if there's, if the strike's still on in September, whether they're going to be able to do panels and that kind of stuff. It doesn't sound like they're going to be able to do panels, you know. Most of the any, most of the uh, panels with any celebrity or anything involved for San Diego Comic Con, which is you know as of this recording is this upcoming weekend, is pretty much out the window. So well, the writers had already killed that one. I thought and there's a lot of people weren't going to show up this year because yeah. the writers. Well, that's more of a promotional show too. I'm sure we've got two months or a month and a half anyway. So I'm sure there's a lot of conventions happening between now and then. I'm sure it's going to be resolved, but by the time the Dragon Con comes around. Not holding my breath on that, but okay. So, but you know, we'll have to wait and see. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with this, the strike and everything. And, you know, I know. Heck, some... it might even be over. No, <laughs> not that quickly, sir. It's interesting. I know some podcasts actually who are going on hiatus because of the strike and everything, because a lot of them, you know, deal with the industry and everything and they feel like they don't want to cross picket lines and such by talking about the industry and stuff like that and it's interesting and I've actually thought it crossed my mind about us going on hiatus also because of it but we have so much other things we could talk about so I'm not worried about it and everything with with Earth Station 1 so it'll be very interesting to see what they do and everything so but we are very pro you know, writers and actors guilt. So definitely. Absolutely. First yes. Station yeah. One is fully behind it. The ESO network is behind it. And, you know, definitely, you know, we are definitely all in favor of what they're striking for. And it's going to suck for a while for the entertainment industry, but it's going to, you know, all hopefully be better for it in the end. And, you know, and unions are not bad things, folks. You know, the reason, you know, you go to work and you can actually leave at 5 p.m. is because of a union somewhere down the line. The reason you don't work on the weekends is because of a union. Um, the reason, you know, you go to uh, you work in maybe a factory or something and your doors aren't bolted shut, you know, and, you know, you actually have emergency exits or you get 15 minute breaks 
during the day on top of a lunch break. It's because of unions, because of safety and everything. So be thankful for these unions. So, you know, when people say, oh, it's the union's fault because of all this bad stuff that's happening. No, it's not. So it's usually the people who are making all the money out there saying that the unions are bad. So definitely. They didn't have to be put in check. Exactly. It wouldn't be necessary, but unfortunately they do. Oh, exactly. You know what? As so I saw somebody say, you know, you know, an average writer makes, you know, for a TV show or a movie makes an average forty seven to sixty seven thousand dollars a year. And you know what? Bob Iger makes forty seven thousand dollars an hour. So he has no reason to be bitching and moaning about what these people want. So it's pretty bad. And there goes our Disney contract. Sorry, but you know, oh, well, so that was my shout out for tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And you got anything, Mr. Mike? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out to a form of entertainment. That's not really that you can still enjoy. And that is uh, comics. Um, Our good friend, uh, Justin Gray, has got a new Kickstarter, uh, his neo-Western sci-fi comic book series, Hope, is back on Kickstarter. The next two issues, three and four, are now uh, available on the, on a campaign. And you and if you missed out on the first one, that's fine. You can get all four issues, one through four. You can back them up all uh, through now, through, uh, I think, early or mid-August. Uh, it's a great series. Uh, check it out. It's a uh, it's it's by our good friend Justin Gray, who's a great talent. So um, if you know anything about his work, uh, even if you don't know anything about his work, check it out because I'm sure it'll be something you'll want to check you, that you'll want to get and support because it's uh it's quite a unique vision and the art on it is fantastic. Justin always uh, manages to get some great creative teams uh, collaborate with some great creators. So so uh, check it out. It's on Kickstarter. It's called Hope. And it's issues one through four uh, that are available right now through Kickstarter. Awesomeness. Definitely check it out. Justin does such an amazing job. And his stories are so much fun to read and everything. So definitely check it out. All right, folks. That's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. Remember, always, we can't do this without you. If you want to support the podcast, please check out our Public store and get some real e cool ESO Network swag. Also, remember, if you want, please listen to our show before the rest of the world. Why not join the ESO Network Patreon? For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support us here on Earth Station One. Check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash ESO Network. We want to hear from you also. Please write us anytime at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you can find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now, Earth Station One can be found in video format up on YouTube. And folks, if you made it this far and watching us up on YouTube, please subscribe to the show. Just take two seconds. Give us a thumbs up. Let us know you're out there. We would really, really appreciate it. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, and of course, Chip Johnson, thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. And of course, folks, stay sciencey. Science. We'll see you next time. Peace. And we are done. Ciao, everyone. 
You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.